Welcome to Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. In this podcast, we help believers develop spiritual discernment. I am your host, Don Simmons, author, speaker, and YouTube host of Life Journey with Don Simmons. My purpose here is to explain Satan's strategies and how his kingdom functions to better equip you in reducing conflict, chaos, and ultimately eliminate Satan's influence in your life. These are life-changing conversations. We'll get started with this week's message in just a few moments. But first I want to ask you, would you like to know more about biblical history or historic and biblical places? Visit my YouTube channel, Life Journey with Don Simmons, to watch and learn about travels in historic areas discussed in the Bible. Come with us as we explore ancient places and share cultural background and influences on early Christianity. We will take you places where Paul wrote and shared the gospel. That's Life Journey with Don Simmons on YouTube. Welcome back. I am your host, Don Simmons. And in this episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies, we are going to be discussing how to overcome our weaknesses and temptations. We are going to talk about our position in the Lord and go through some examples of how the Lord will respond in our weaknesses on our behalf. Before we begin, we have to understand that not all weaknesses are the work of Satan. Not all temptations are a source of the demonic. There are also times when our weaknesses are going to be opened up. The Lord's going to use that and it'll feel like a wound that's torn open. And through those weaknesses, God is going to then come beside us, encourage us, and build us up in Him by having us walk through our weaknesses with Him. We need to understand and believe that first before we start talking about the weaknesses the enemy brings. We don't always assume that everything that hits our weakness is from the enemy. Once we acknowledge that, then we can move on and address what the enemy is attempting to do to us. So let's start with defining weakness and temptation. The definition of weakness is the state or condition of lacking strength. The definition of temptation is the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. The demons we see when dealing with our weaknesses and temptations are endless because it is such a personal matter. My demons won't be your demons. For some, it will be doubt, fear. For others, lust and gluttony. The list goes on and on. Our discussion here today isn't about the specific demon, but rather the process behind how they work and how we need to respond. Our response is what defines our beliefs. Our beliefs are what define us ultimately. So let me explain. There are times when we will be tempted in areas that aren't 
actually our weakness. But the enemy thinks we can be swayed to make the wrong choice because of our circumstances. In these moments, we can be manipulated to come into agreement with the enemy. And that is a lie and not who we are or in alignment with the Lord's plan in our lives. Let me give you an example. This past week, I got a call about 9.30 at night from a friend of mine. I happen to be a huge animal lover. In my life, I have had over a couple of hundred animals easily between pets, fosters, and they're all types. So lizards, snakes, turtles, dogs, cats, rabbits, guinea pig, hamster, fish, and of course, all the parrots I have now. So if you ever call me about an animal, I am going to listen. So this particular call came from my friend, and it was about their cat, Pumpkin. I didn't ask Pumpkin's permission to use her name, but I think she'll still be able to maintain her anonymity. Anyhow, Pumpkin has some little kittens to take care of. But on this particular night, Pumpkin, who is an indoor cat only, was nowhere to be found. We have coyotes that come into our neighborhoods at night here, so you always have to be careful around here, even with larger dogs. I had one night I was walking two dogs, and a pack of five coyotes came up on me, and it was pretty terrifying. Anyway, back to Pumpkin's predicament. Now, you can understand the family was pretty anxious, and they asked for prayer. So we put a prayer game plan together and agreed to keep in touch. Our pets can create a huge weakness for all of us. For everyone I know, their pet is their family. So this prayer plan was a good plan, but it did involve faith on the part of the family that what we were asking of God, he would fulfill. No matter how the situation looked, their faith in him had to remain solid. In our prayer plan, we were asking God to have Pumpkin return that night. I like to be specific in my prayer request, so we were asking for it to happen that night in part because of the kittens. So I checked in with him again at about 10.15 and nothing yet. And I'll be honest with you guys, I was asking for the Lord to show up big on this one because there were kids involved. And when you're teaching kids about prayer and faith and who God is, it's those are the important ones. So I even went to far as far as to say, Lord, if something has happened to that cat, then I need that cat to raise up from the dead and get back to that house tonight. So that sounds silly, but if pumpkin were yours... That's what you would want. So I asked, you know, and again, this was a time when kids were learning the importance of faith. So asking for the unusual to me was not unreasonable. So where is the temptation or the weakness in this? Well, the faith needed was where a weakness could have been exploited by the enemy to get any one of the family members to be discouraged and say something as simple as she's gone or she's never coming back. If the family had been weak in those moments 
and come into alignment with the enemy in any declaration other than what we were asking the Lord for, Pumpkin's story could have had a sad ending. Our words matter. Would you like to know how Pumpkin's story ended? Well, about midnight, the family, they were out in the neighborhood and they ended their search and they headed home. Now, they were sad to give up the search, but they had to go back home because they had to take care of the kittens. And so as they were trying to figure out how they were going to feed these kittens within minutes of their return, Pumpkin appeared in their backyard. And of course, the family was elated and the, you know, the children got a good lesson in faith. And I don't think it was uh, too bad of a lesson for mom either, even though she was standing in faith. But it's always good to, to have that have that show up when you're when you're really looking to God for an answer. So we are not defined by our weaknesses. We are more defined by our response in the moment of weakness and how we respond and react based on what we believe. We have to understand we have a standing in the Lord. And what do I mean by that? When I was in law school, one of the first concepts we learned was legal standing. In simple terms, the court will use the term standing to ask the question, like, does this party have a dog in this fight, right? So standing limits or allows participation in lawsuits by asking whether that person bringing a lawsuit or defending one, and you'll often hear of this where where groups are adding a legal positioning in cases that affect like a class of people, um, but that person or group has, do they have enough cause to stand before the court and advocate since not anyone can go and just, you know, add into whatever case is, is happens to be going on. You know, I couldn't just walk into Johnny Depp's trial and, and say, I saw him one time in a restaurant and he was nice. It, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I did not see him in a restaurant. I have no idea what he's like, but just about everybody I know knows about that Johnny Depp trial. So I thought I would uh, use that as an example. But as a believer, our standing is in the Lord. So our ability to stand before the Lord and contend for someone or something in our prayers is given to us by our accepting Jesus as our Savior. Without that standing, we will have a hard time defending ourselves against enemy attacks because we won't have the power and authority of Jesus. Our standing is our strength and our shield as the psalmist says in Psalms 28, 7. Pumpkin's family knew their standing and they did not waver. So let's talk about standing a little more. Our standing is our truth. Our standing will not change once we have it. It will never fluctuate. Our feelings, on the other hand, will fluctuate. And we cannot allow our feelings and emotions to rule our lives. The enemy will prey on our weaknesses. So we need to prevent the enemy from having an influence in our feelings or emotions. If we feel our emotions wavering, 
we need to rebuke and our response is to declare our standing. There will be times, however, when the Lord sees a situation coming and will intercede for us because of our standing. Now I'll explain that uh, a little more in a minute, but first I want to hit a few more points. Now demons are witnesses to our lives in the same way as angels. So police psychics or mediums can help solve crimes because demons were present when these horrible events took place. They know what happened and they simply tell the medium. It's not rocket science. It is wrong to communicate with demons that way, but rocket science, it is not. Knowing that demons are witnesses to our lives. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. They're like those coyotes I referred to earlier. Let me tell you a little bit more about that night. I was out on a walk. It was an evening about 8.30. It was a Saturday night, actually, and it was already dark. And the strip of road I was on was outside of my neighborhood. And the street light in that stretch of the road was out. The next street light was over a quarter of a mile away. One of my dogs was a little guy, maybe 12 pounds. His name was Blackie. One of the kids named him because, well, he was black. Not terribly creative, but he didn't seem to mind. And the other dog was a Border Collie mix, so medium-sized-ish maybe 45 to 50 pounds at most. That's with this, including his hair. His name was Shadow because he followed me everywhere and he was black. The neighborhood where we lived was very safe, so I only had a cell phone on me. It was pitch black in this area. And on one side of me was a number of baseball fields And on the other side was wildlands and the coyotes lived in the wildlands and there were several acres of it. They usually, I hate to say it, but they usually were well fed from the wild rabbits. Now I had never walked here at this time before and I never did it again. But as I was walking, I did notice a few times that Blackie stopped and he would look behind. Shadow was just focused on going straight ahead, not stopping. As we walked, all of a sudden there was something white about 20 feet away in the middle of the street. It's kind of sideways, but with its head down and turned toward me. I'll never forget what that looked like. And I have seen coyotes since I was a kid. I don't know, maybe eight or nine living in Mountain Home, Idaho. I've always seen coyotes. And, and, you know, so I I know what they look like. And they're not usually that big. They were about the same size as as Shadow. Sometimes they'll be a little taller, but there's not a lot of weight on them. They're wild. Um, But this one, however, was huge. And it, it looked like a wolf. And they're usually tan. But this thing was bright white, like he was glowing. A a pearly, translucent fog was like surrounding him. It was, it was crazy to see. Then I realized that there were four more and they were circling me. And as they circled, the circle was getting smaller. So I used my phone. I called home, but no one answered. 
There were four people home and not one person answered the phone. So I was about a half a mile from my house if I went backward and I wasn't sure what to do, but I did pick up Blackie. And at that point, Shadow was doing his best, you know, menacing behavior. He was a lover. He wasn't really a fighting dog. Um, But we were not going to be able to withstand five of them on our own. And that's how an attack can be from demons who see us in a weak moment. The temptation method the coyotes used was to entice me to do something unwise out of fear while being distracted by the the white one. You know, by having that white one in front of me, I'd be distracted and, and fearful of that one and not notice when one or two of the others came at me from behind or the side. Now, they will snatch a dog right out of your hands, by the way. So Blackie was far from safe because I was holding him. I'm only 5'1", so all they had to do was jump. And I have I know folks that have had little little dogs, um, grown men, in their hands and lost them to a, a coyote in their own backyard. So I would love to tell you that I took authority over those coyotes and held them back with my hand like Moses did the Red Sea. But my story is a little less dramatic, so... We decided, Shadow and I and Blackie, our best move was to get to the light ahead. Don't ask me why, but at the moment, that's what we decided. And so we became as menacing as we could. So, you know, loud and aggressive so so we could try to keep moving. And just an attempt to try to confuse them, to think twice about continuing to get closer. Just, just an, enough time to get to allow us to be able to walk forward, you know, get an opening and walk forward. So not exactly my most heroic moment, but it worked. And then someone finally answered the phone and um, my husband got in the car and they were all, you know, came to pick us up. Now the Holy Spirit was what made that coyote glow, or I wouldn't have seen it until it was too late and Blackie would have been no more. And most likely the same with Shadow. Shadow, however, lived to a ripe old age of 19, and Blackie passed away in my arms about eight years later. What I want to point out is that I had no idea those coyotes were there, but the Holy Spirit did, and the Holy Spirit was there to reveal the danger in a glowing white way I could not miss, so I did not have to withstand an attack. I had standing. I was at a weak point, but the Holy Spirit was there before I even knew I was in danger. When Jesus spent his time in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan did his best to tempt Jesus by preying on his human weakness and vulnerabilities. Now You can read about this in Matthew 4, but Jesus knew his standing in his Father and withstood everything the enemy attempted by responding with the word. Now, if I had not eaten for 40 days, I would hope I would be that able-minded, but I also know that because of my standing, the Lord will help me in those moments. 
no matter how weak we are, how much the temptation, we can withstand anything through our standing in him and for him and through him. Luke puts it so eloquently in Acts 17.38, For in him we live and move and have our being. When I get to heaven, I want to spend some time with Luke. I think he is overlooked. I overlooked him myself for years because he wasn't one of the original ones. No one knows for certain where he was during the time when Jesus was here. He could have followed along and and seen him you know, work and move, but he was certainly devoted in his life to being an attentive onlooker, a scribe, and a servant for the Lord. And when you see what Luke did was entirely for our benefit, you can't help but respect and admire him. So what do I want you to take away from this? I want you to be able to face any temptation, any weakness with the strength of your standing. When you know, truly know you have that standing, and that is what will carry you through anything in your life, you will stand a little taller, walk a little surer. I don't know if that's a word, but it is today. The enemy knows you have standing, so you should too. Standing works in the courts of this world, and it certainly works in the courts of heaven. The accuser, our enemy, doesn't want you to understand this concept. If you don't understand it or choose to deny it, then how can you get to a place where Jesus is your intercessor? where the Holy Spirit is your comforter, where you can know the truth and say in all certainty what Paul reveals to us in Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The next time you are weak, stand tall and let your response reflect your standing. I hope this has been helpful to you. If you know anyone who could benefit from this, please share this podcast. As always, let's recap the top show points. So we were talking about weaknesses and temptations and how we're going to overcome those. And we need to understand that not all weaknesses are the works of Satan. Not all temptations are a source of the demonic. There are also times when our weaknesses are opened up and through it, God will encourage us and build us up. We don't always assume that everything that hits our weakness is from the enemy. And the definition of weakness is the state or condition of lacking strength. The definition of temptation is the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. We are not defined by our weaknesses. We are more defined by our response in the moment of weakness and how we respond and react based on what we believe. Our discussion here isn't about the specific demon, but rather the process behind how they work and how they we need to respond. And our response is what defines our beliefs. There are times when we will be tempted in areas that aren't actually our weakness, but the enemy thinks we can be swayed to make the wrong choice because of our circumstances. And we talked about the story of Pumpkin and her triumphant return. We talked about the court's use of the term standing, and standing limits or allows participation in lawsuits by asking whether the person bringing a lawsuit or defending one 
has enough cause to stand before the court and advocate. As a believer, our standing is in the Lord. Our ability to stand before the Lord and contend for someone or something in our prayers is given to us by our accepting Jesus as our Savior. Our standing is in our truth. So don't let your emotions dictate your responses. Demons are witnesses to our lives in the same way as angels. They know our history and our weaknesses. We talked about 1 Peter 5 8, and I gave you the example of five coyotes that were circling me while I was walking my dogs. And demons attack us in our wilderness. And, um, you know, the example of the, the coyote trying to distract me with the one in front so the others could come and snatch Blackie from behind. We talked about Jesus withstood temptations from Satan in the wilderness, and that's in Matthew 4. We talked about Acts 17, 28. And standing gives us confidence to face anything coming at us. And we ended it with Romans 8, 31. So we encourage you to have an active Bible reading plan. It will be helpful in gaining wisdom and understanding, and it is required for the gift of spiritual discernment. If you want to learn more about how to hear God's voice, take a look at my book, Loving Conversations, How to Pray and Hear God's Voice. There's also a study guide available and two new devotionals that are also um, out um, based on the Loving Conversations book. One devotional is for women and one is for men. I have enjoyed our time this week and I look forward to spending time with you again next week. That is all we have for this week's episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. I hope you enjoyed your time with me, and I would kindly ask you to rate our show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. Now, if you have a story or a question you want to share, please email me at contact at conquering ourunseenenemies.com. We do not need to use your name. And finally, please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it and enjoy it. So until next time, remember, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But we can give him an eviction notice. <laughs>